Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Before I begin this interview, I just wanted to um, tell all of you that Annalise's Triptych Impermanence, which is an abstract photographic work created in 2019, was selected among 16,000 submissions by the prestigious Royal Academy for its notable summer expedition, Exhibition 2022. The theme of this year's exhibition is climate, and it is titled impermanence. So I encourage you, this will be in the show notes and tell you all about it, to, to read it and, and see this amazing work. And congratulations to Annalisa. With that, here we go. Today, I cannot wait to have Annalisa Borello on the show. Following a 15-year career in investment banking, Annalisa retrained as a visual artist, attending a BA in photography at the University of Westminster in 2019. Currently, she's completing a master's degree in anthropology, religion, in the contemporary world at the London School of Economics. In 2021, the Journal of Transpersonal Psychology published her paper, Awakening Experiences in Non-Religious Contexts, Expanding the Ontology of Spirituality to Art and Nature as an Independent Scholar. In March 2022, with two other collaborators, Annalisa launched the Spirituality and the Arts Special Interest Group, a new initiative under the ages of the International Network for the Studies of Spirituality. The aim of this initiative is to deepen our scholarly understanding about the relationship between the arts and the spiritual realm. Welcome to the program, Annalisa. Thank you, Marla, and thank you for having me. Um, I'm really honored. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited. I found you and I found a lot of people through the Science and Medical Network. It's really great. I'm a part of that organization now, so I'm really enjoying it. So let's just get started. I know in our pre-conversation, we talked a little bit about how um, when we talked about becoming an artist. Yes. How, how it, but, but go ahead about how you. Yeah struggled a little bit with your mental health. Yeah, so that was my other um, side. Um, as, a, as a child, um, I was mildly artistic. I wouldn't say I was super artistic, but I studied the piano, I studied ballet. Um, I loved art, like I, I loved spending time drawing, painting, doing anything creative. Um, but um, 
my teachers or my parents didn't see any talent in me, right? So, so they uh, they uh, gently um, uh, addressed me towards more um, productive studies, if you want, more traditional studies. Like I did yes. classic humanities, and then I went to economics instead of architecture. So, you know, and then I ended up in investment banking. So it was a pretty linear. Uh, development from 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 education to to work, and so my artistic wants, so to speak, remained um, unsatisfied. And the only time <laughs> I um, I had a chance to do uh, art was when I came to the United States as an exchange student, and I spent a year in Washington, and um, because I could choose some of my classes, which was something that in Italy doesn't, it's not allowed, you know, your, your curriculum is set, you don't choose your classes. And so that was a freedom I never had. And so the first thing I did was to sign up for a, an art class. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and I loved it. It was the best. I still remember it with um, nostalgia. It was such a nice class. The, the, the teacher was very supportive. My classmates were very supportive, bearing in mind that I never uh, trained before. So it, it's like I was a new new student. And, I, and, and, and yet they put me in an honor class. So obviously the level was, and it was a, a senior class as well. So, you know, the artists in my class were very good. They were very mm -hmm. And I was just starting, so they were all helping me <laughs> to, to, become, to become, you know, proficient. And um, yeah, I loved it. But then I came back and that was the end of it. And so uh, what happened after 15 years in banking, I eventually um, left uh, because of a burnout. I, um, I had a really difficult situation, very toxic situation at work. Um, and then I had two children as well, two very young children. And so eventually just my body gave in. Um, I, I just couldn't uh, function. Uh, I was very tired, couldn't sleep. I was always sick. Um, I had anxiety. Uh, I had migraines. I had pains all over my body. Uh, so it was very physical. It wasn't just mental. Um, and uh, the combination of uh, anxiety and extreme fatigue it just uh, I just gave in I couldn't continue uh, working and um, so uh, in 2008 I left the industry just before the financial crisis which in retrospect was a good thing and the first thing I did was to go back to art courses and um, and I, there again I found that nurturing, environment that I missed in, in, in all of my education and career, mm -hmm. which was very, uh, was very competitive, a very competitive environment. And so this, this environment was quite the opposite. It was nurturing, kind, uh, people care about each other. Uh, uh, we were very supportive. We would never say anything bad about someone else's you know, painting. Um, it was it was a big no no. <laughs> yes, yes. Because you know, later I realized I, I I learned that creativity requires kindness, requires 
being gentle uh, and, and being supportive. Um, so you can't really be creative in a harsh environment or a very critical and judgmental environment, which is what I was. I was very yes. critical and judgmental about myself, first of all, but also about others. So it, it was uh, something that I had to unlearn. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I remember during our chat that you said that group dynamic was just so different. It's it's all about support, what you just said, and kindness. I never really had, had thought of it that way, which is a very beautiful thing. My daughter is an artist, is a majored in art, and is going on to a residency. And I just never thought of it like that. Yeah, it's, uh, again, um, in uh, universities, because of the academic... Um, the academic level... Um, there is a risk that students are not being supported enough. So again, right. we need to, we as, as a society, we as an education system, uh, we need to monitor um, behaviors by tutors that may kill creativity, it may kill someone's, because you have, because you're taking risk, when you're a creative yes, artist, yes. you need to feel confident. You need to feel protected in a sense. Um, so you, you won't take risks if you think that that might expose you to ridicule or a bad judgment or a bad mark. Or I understand is is complicated for our education system because everything needs to be measured, right? Yes. But that makes so much sense to me that because when you are putting your art out there, whether it be music or cooking or whatever it may be, it, it seems to me so much more vulnerable than something that's black and white, like, you know, numbers or this or that. And, I, and nothing, we need that also. But, but that's, it's so vulnerable so the people that do do this kind of work are are really are really special people so can you tell us a little bit about I know you read the book by Cameron Julia Cameron the artist way yeah where um, you said that the author makes an explicit and direct link between artistic creativity and spiritual exercises yeah can you tell us about that yeah, so um, I, uh, while I was doing my BA, I had another crisis. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, I decided to um, suspend my BA because I had a creative block. And so I went back to painting. And in this painting course, uh, there were other uh, art students, you know, classmates, and I told them, you know, I can't create, I can copy, I can replicate, but I can't create from scratch. And so they uh, recommended me this book and it literally changed, you know, it sounds dramatic, but it changed my life in the sense that I, for the first time, I read this um explicit statement that 
art is spiritual, that, you know, being creative means also being spiritual. And that's something that no one has ever told me. Yeah. Never. And so um, I just want to read you a couple of sentences from the book. She says that she teaches spiritual workshops aimed at freeing people's creativity. And that the artist's way is in essence, a spiritual path initiated and practiced through creativity. And that creativity is a spiritual experience. I never in my life heard anything like that. Yeah. So wow. it was like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so I'm doing art, not because I wanna be an artist as in a professional artist or a professional photographer. I'm doing it because I'm feeding my spirit. And because I have no other spiritual outlet, this is my way of feeding my own spirit. So that led me to a completely different direction because once I realized what art was for me, not for others, but for me, I then suddenly knew what my final project was going to be for, for my BA, what my dissertation was going to be. And that, so I did two, I did the dissertation on encountering the spiritual in photography, which was again, um, a, a take on photography that uh, was not covered by the course. So like massive blind spot there mm -hmm. by, by my photography course. And then my uh, photography project itself um, was, the, so the, the, my creative process this time around was totally different. Instead, I used to have a, a project, a plan, you know, I, I knew to go up from A to B to C to D, and then I would take my camera and, and do the things in my kind of my plan. This time, I didn't have any plan. I went out and played with my camera. I experimented. I tried uh, taking pictures out of focus. I tried taking picture with a slow shutter speed, with a really fast shutter speed. And it, um, I, was, I was playing uh, to create images that weren't the type of images I used to take, which was straight photographs. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make images that were blurred, either because they were out of focus or because there was movement or because um, the, I did um, um, composite images. So they were more surreal, more suggestive. And therefore they couldn't be read in directly. You couldn't you know, when you saw the picture, you didn't know exactly what you were looking at. Right. But I still didn't know what my project was about. And um, in the meantime, I kind of decided that I liked a certain type of images. And so I worked, I took a lot of those images. I tried different things. I even used a video camera. I did a slow, um, slow, what is it, uh, slow recording 
so I had a special camera for, for slow recording. And um, by eventually, um, at the same time, I started doing meditation, yoga, and more spiritual practices that I didn't do before. And so I read a lot of Buddhism. I read a lot of, about mind, mind, mindfulness. Um, so I kept my intellectual side because I was still researching and reading. Uh, but then when I was doing photography, I put that aside and I just played, you know, I experimented. Um, and then eventually the two things came together. So by the time I finished my project, my tutor said, oh, it's a conceptual project. But it wasn't like, right, yeah, right. It was explained as a conceptual project because eventually I uh, explained the images as metaphors of states of mind, which I took from Buddhism. You know, when the mind uh, is not clear and you have thoughts that keep rushing in your head and you can't concentrate on anything in particular. So the images were supposed to, to convey uh, different states of mind from one that is asleep to one that is awake. So it, I appreciate that it was a, from an external perspective, it was conceptual, but the way I created it wasn't conceptual, it was intuitive. Mm -hmm. So, so that was my, that, that, that's how I think Cameron's book changed me. It changed my my creative process i also read a, a, another book that was really helpful um which was by a psychiatrist ian mcgillchrist so i put together all these readings you know from buddhism to mindfulness to mcgillchrist and julia cameron so i'm still very much an intellectual like i use my intellect a lot but then i put it at the service of my creative process rather than the other way around. Right. It seems to me that, that what you're saying is that you were bringing out that little girl in yourself, that sense of wonder, that sense of awe, that sense of just playing and free, you know, and, and experimenting and just romping through, I can just see you with your camera and, and, that's what we all need to do more of. That's that brings us so much happiness. And and you talk about a series of exercises for a blocked artist, and you've already you've already mentioned a few of those. Um, so can you can you elaborate on those? Because some of our listeners, they're artists, but they can't you know just quit their job and start, you know, start as an artist without, and unless it's making, you know, making an income. So what are the, what are some of those exercises that you refer to? So, well, first of all, uh, people should buy the book and read it because it's yes, the artist way. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a program. It's a 12 weeks program. Each chapter is a week. And, and you have to progress through each week. So it's it's like a three months program. I right. did because I'm terrible at um, 
being consistent. So I didn't follow it um, by the by. Like I, I, right. I just, I, I'm like that too. Yeah, I just picked a few <laughs> things that, yeah, I thought, okay, I can do that. I can't do that. But, but the two things that are essential are one, um, writing three pages every morning before you even start your day, um, which uh, is, a, um, it might not seem spiritual, but it's a way of emptying your mind. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, it's a contemplative practice. And, and she's, she talks about resting on the page. So when you, you, you just write whatever comes to your mind, it doesn't have to be creative, it doesn't have to be grammatically correct. It doesn't have to be interesting. It's really just to um, printing out what's in your head, like in a printer. And then you take the three yeah. pages, you put them in an envelope or you put them in a cardboard, don't read them back, put them away and do this every day, every day, every day, every day for, I think, well, for the whole 12 weeks, but really for your entire life that that's that's wow. that's the um suggestion of course i didn't but i started doing the, the the pages every day um i found personally that i wasn't resting on the page i was working like I so <laughs> many thoughts so many oh i'm sorry so many things that were clattering my mind you know worries that i found personally that writing these three pages was really hard work. Like I, I, I had so much to put down. I often went beyond the three pages. So maybe I didn't do it right. I don't know, but. <laughs> yes, you did. There's no right or wrong. Here you go. You're the intellectual side. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it did, it helped. It definitely helped. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that is also fundamental is what she calls the artist's date, which is two hours a week that you take for yourself, to take yourself out on a date. And you just do whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's going to watch a movie in the cinema or going to an art exhibition or walk in the park or going shopping, I don't know. But it has to be something that you want to do for yourself. It's like your play date. Yes. yes. Right? For adults. It's, it's the time you take once a week just to play with your, sounds bad, but yes, to play yes. with your inner child which, you know, you brought up earlier. And it's really, so the, her book is really about rediscovering our inner child and protecting it from all the judgments, all the negative thoughts, all the uh, negative uh, comments we received, you know, over the, over the years. So you have to shed all that and, um, and, and let this, this child who is the one that brings awe and, and, and wonder to us, right? So it's really about read. So being present really re- requires rediscovering uh, this sense of uh, enchantment about life. 
And so um, art does that in a very real way because um, you have to be present. When you do any kind of art, your attention is on your art, whether you're playing an instrument or, or painting or dancing, you know, your attention has to be on the activity that you're doing. You can't think about the shopping, you know, the children, the you know, financial problems, you can't. So you have to focus on uh, your art. And um, I personally, it might be a personal thing, but for me, uh, is beauty that uh, makes me, that enriches my spirit. So doing something beautiful, you know, whether it's a painting or a dance or, or a piece of music, it really lifts my spirit. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's true for anyone. We need beauty is something that we need, just like water, just like food. We need to. Um, expose ourselves to beautiful things, whether it's a sunset, whether it's a meadow or a forest or, you know, beautiful children. Mm -hmm. We just need to soak in beauty. And I think obviously art is a great uh, way to do that. Annalisa, how is this First of all, how has it changed you personally? And also, how did it change the way you interacted and, and raised your children? Yeah, so um, I had to think about this question because um, I don't feel that I am radically different. But what's changed is that I now feel I have a clear direction which I didn't have when I quit my job back in 2008. And um, for me, it's very important to have a direction. And I suppose uh, people talk about purpose. Uh, they talk about uh, meaning. And so um, this new direction that I've taken, so my new direction is uh, I want to um, promote this discourse of the, the connection between art and spirituality. And, and so that's my mission. So I decided, okay, that's it. this is what I'm going to do. And uh, maybe when I finish with my studies, I also will go back to being a creative artist, ho- hopefully more creative than I used to be. Um, so that is giving me purpose and is also meaningful. And and for that reason, I now feel um, like I have have a meaning on earth. Like I I am doing something that is not for me because it's not about my art, but it's for the good of you know, humanity, society, or even if it's a small community of artists, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as I am creating something uh, that helps people. Um, And I know I've met over the last year, maybe, uh, a lot of artists that are relieved that they can talk about this with me 
And so this initiative with INSS, the International Network for the Studies of Spirituality, is about that. It's about creating a safe space for contemporary artists to come and talk about their um, relationship between art and spirituality. And it's fascinating. It's really fascinating because um, first of all, it's not just about visual arts, it's about all arts, music, yeah. poetry, performance art. Um, so, so the variety is, is amazing. You know, you, you, you come across so many different creative people. And so first of all, there is this exchange of ideas and so we are cross-pollinating different artists, different arts. Mm -hmm. But we also have scholars that want to understand the importance of art for our mental health and for our spiritual health. So they're also interested in understanding um, why art is so important and why it should not be at the bottom of the hierarchies of of subjects that we learn at school. So mm -hmm. typically in America, when they have to cut budgets, they cut the arts. And this is true everywhere. Uh, so the arts are the first thing to go in any curriculum. And it's a mistake. Yeah. It's a big mistake, I think, because first of all, for mental health reasons, although that you have sports, so sports are also, you know, good for that but not everybody is sporty you know that right right <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> so <laughs> you still need people to be able to be creative you know they, they need to be creative especially young children and and teenagers you know they need to um, cultivate that creativity so I, I got sorry I got carried away but in terms of my children um they're now, um, so my son is 16 and my daughter is 18 and she's gone to university. First of all, she's studying economics, but not because we told her to study economics. It was her, her choice. Um, we, well, I was very supportive if she wanted to do art or if she wanted to do drama and go to drama school or you know singing music I would have supported her in whatever she wanted to do mm -hmm. um, my son uh, is taking is bringing art as a GCSE which is a big deal because it's a lot of work so I think um, even though we're not doing spiritual practices like meditation or praying or you know t traditional spiritual practices i think that um i have given them permission by by doing what i'm doing by being a model i've given them permission to explore their artistic side mm -hmm. right then they can choose to, to leave it if they if they prefer maths if you know if, if they enjoy the sciences more than they enjoy the humanities that's fine but at least they want you know when they come to my when they will be 40 years old they won't think oh my parents didn't let me do this and you know, right right they did and right. I never had the chance you know I believe it is so important to 
do that and also watching you live your life and how you, you know, how you've changed directions, but it, it's one really complements the other. Don't you agree? I mean, when you are at a young age, able to really have the mentors in your life that give value to creativity and, and all these different forms of art, it just helps you in no matter what direction you go in your life. If you become a neuroscientist, it helps you in in every manner because you're just so much more well-rounded and open. And as you say, the kindness also, that part of it, you know, being grateful and kind. And I just love that. Do you have any, um, what would you say your words of wisdom are today? (laughs) So um, I had to think about Oh my God, I'm not such a wise person. Um, So I think like just what you said just now is um, to respect and nurture your spiritual self. Whatever nature or or, um, um, it it, it Mm -hmm. can be about nature itself it can be about art it can be about sports or physical activity it can be about well-being it can be about religion so don't limit yourself like it doesn't have to be going to church and and praying or meditating it it, that's that's a rather narrow uh conception of of spirituality um which which um um might put some people off right so we're not not all contemplatives we're not all mystics you know some of us need to move so you can do you can cultivate your spirituality through dance through yoga through marathons you can cultivate spirituality through a walk in in a in a wood uh you know through Mm -hmm. Or going scuba diving, it's an amazing feeling, you know. Encountering animals is, is an incredible experience. It, and it is spiritual, it is a spiritual experience. Because one thing that uh, particularly nature does is to uh, reawaken ourselves to our interconnectedness. So, so you know, the ecosystem is all interconnected. So that is a big part that spirituality reawakens, is our sense of being connected to something bigger than us. Because the, the main objective of spiritual practices is about forgetting your ego. So most you know, religious, spiritual practices are all about forgetting your ego. And, and therefore, if when you forget your ego, then you connect with others. Then you see that you're part of a bigger picture, of a bigger plan, of a bigger universe. And um, so, so that's why it is important, in my opinion, yes. to, to, do, to have this conversation 
particularly now, but you know, at always, but especially now, because we need to we we need to see that every every action we take has a reaction somewhere else. So we need to recuperate that sense of uh, interconnectedness of the environment, the planet, the earth, um, and just yeah, be be and more, be more empathetic, Beautiful. compassionate, kind. So all these uh, yeah, all, all these um, yes, they are they are spiritual values, right? They are things that you learn from spiritual yes. traditions and, and religions and philosophies. And also you talk about, and, and, there are and it's exactly what you just said, which thank you, that was, that was great. Um, but how art can be used as a healing practice. And you just brought that, brought that in, but would you like to say a little something about that to, to wrap it up? Yeah, so um, uh, so art, first of all, um, has been recognized as having um, therapeutic benefits uh, for, for patients, yes. for um, children, particularly in hospitals, but also for terminal patients or elders. So... Um, several hospitals are introducing art activities and singing. They're bringing singing to, to patients, uh, which is also an interesting um, thing that came up in, in our last uh, event. So um, this is an, int I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but uh, some, when somebody is about to die, they, they sing to the person and to accompany, to accompany them. I think it's beautiful. To the I other side. That's what I want. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna ask. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so arts um, have these uh, therapeutic um, uh, qualities, uh, and I think mm -hmm. the reason is because of this being present, being in the moment, um, and. Uh, shutting down your the, the chatter in your head you know the worries um and for me the other thing was beauty as i said so it was about doing something beautiful um and it made me feel accomplished it made me feel that i was good at something and that i could control it as well um and that it gave me a yeah. It gave me a sense of uh, accomplishment because as yeah. if I kept practicing and I kept working on something, I could get better at it, and then I could get better results. And then I had the and I think the other thing is about using your hands, which you know, especially now we don't do so much. You know, knowledge economy workers, we, we hardly use our hands, uh, so. Uh, Art is not maybe not mu well music I guess yes you do use your hands but art especially is very material is very it's it's you use your hands and I think that's also something that uh, absolutely is uh, is 
therapeutic yeah, for our us hands dirty because we don't dirty. we don't use our hands yeah, so much anymore. anymore yeah yes yes so important just like a young one well annalisa thank you so much for coming to the show today this has been this has been fascinating and i'm so excited to share this with my with my daughter she's going to love it so glad we found one another and you're doing such important work um it's it's just it's really beautiful so thank you so much and have it's evening there so have a good good rest of the good rest of the day okay thanks annalisa you too bye mala thank you so much for listening in today if you want to learn more about the show you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at Interviews with Innocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.